Today on Karina and Kirsten Get to Work, we're talking about failure. That's right. Nobody's perfect. Thank God. Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Kirsten Barron. And I'm Karina Hoyer. We are so glad that you've joined us today. We are talking about failure in the workplace. As always, we're going to talk about women, about work, and about creating joy, meaning, and ease in your work life, because we're all about that. We are all about that, even though you don't always get it right the first time. Even though sometimes there's failure. Yeah. We're looking for joy. And we're going to get there. We're working on it. We're working on it. How you, you're looking pretty good after such a late night last night. I know. We had a rockin' late night. Krina and I went to a wonderful event called Environmental Heroes, where they recognize folks who've just done great work for our community and for the environment. And it's a great organization, Resources. That's the organization that Krina was the executive director of. And both of us just love that event and had a great time with people and just full of meaning. Yeah, it was interesting. There were so many people in the room that I wanted to talk to. Mm-hmm. Great folks. And it was just great energy and great outfits, by the oh, way. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. you and I both. I liked your orange jacket. Yeah, thank you. You were rocking the jumpsuit, though. Ooh, a jumpsuit, a new move for me. Can I just time out for one second and say that this torso was not made for jumpsuits? My torso is a jumpsuit torso. I should only wear jumpsuits with my short, short torso. So you looked great. Thank you so much. But you know, that jumpsuit is from my new rental clothing gig. Okay. Yes. Let's tell our listeners about rental clothing. All right. You guys, I just have to tell you, I love this. So I have been renting clothes and people say to me, oh, I love that shirt. I love those pants. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm renting it. And it's so great because it's this company in Seattle. It's called Armoire. I love it. And it's not because it's in Seattle, you know, we're in Bellingham, but whatever. I have four items at a time. They pay the shipping, they do the cleaning, da 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 da. I can keep something as long as I want. I can send it back if I don't wear it. I can buy it. And honestly, I am paying $119 a month. I'm not buying clothes anymore. Well, occasionally, I'm, I'm going to buy that jumpsuit. Don't you think? I think you should. Okay. So, what are we talking about today? Failure. We're talking about failure. Yeah. It's a tough subject. It's a super tough subject. But you know what? I mean, here's the deal. It's certain. Failure is certain. Absolutely. We will all face failure. Everybody has, everybody will, right? There are some big ones. Last night, we were polling people in the crowd. And, you know, we heard some pretty big stuff. Most notably failed Marriage, which we're not going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Lost jobs. Failed projects. Somebody who pitched a project to their boss and got their boss's support and spent a ton, a ton of money and it didn't work. Yeah, there's some big, big stuff. Failures. Big Big failures. Yeah. For me, I think the most notable are the little ones, like the ongoing constant barrage of things that I just wish I had done differently. Interesting. Yeah, you're looking at me. Yeah, I can't, you know, we're, when we were talking about this show, I can think of a couple of specific failures that I had that are big, you know, that kind of changed the way I was behaving in the world, for instance. But most of my failures are just those little things that I go, oh, God. So why do you think that is? I don't know. I honestly have not really explored this much. In fact, I probably buried it down deep inside and covered it up with food and alcohol (laughs) so I don't have to deal with it. (laughs) But honestly... That's what Brene Brown says. A muffin and a beer. Yeah, I'll take Mm -hmm. it. It makes me feel a lot better than dealing with that (laughs) crappy thing I just did or said. 
I don't know. I mean, I think part of my approach on to life for kind of a long time, maybe during my formative years, was just to avoid failure, just sort of structure my life so that I was just doing the things I knew I was good at and not you know, not take the kind of risks that were going to make me feel bad. But why do I, you know, which we can explore later or not. But I think that I'm kind of one of those kinds of, I'm one of those people that comes home and then recounts the things that I said and thinks, oh. Oh, you revisit things to think in yeah, your day. Yeah, I kind of beat myself up mm-hmm. over things that I mm-hmm. wish I had done differently. Do I learn from it? No, clearly and not. painful and time-consuming. Yeah, that is painful and time-consuming. Yeah, it's painful and time-consuming. And I think, you know, people who are self-reflective hopefully correct their behavior and, and do something different the next time. But no, I, I think for me, again, I don't have the big giant, not yet at least, and I feel thankful for that. I don't have the big giant failure that sort of, that I can look back at and say that thing right there changed the course of my life. But I do have, I think, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly things that I just don't do well, don't do as expected, or don't net the results that I expect. And I make some choices about how I'm going to make myself feel about that. It's really kind of interesting. I can't stop talking, obviously, about failure. Do you have Do you have anything to I'm add? Listening, I'm listening to what you're saying, and I think it's interesting to hear that, particularly since you've taken this big leap of a career change, which sounds inconsistent with what you just said. You just said, hey, well, I've typically done things that I know I'm going to succeed in. And I mean, you might know you're going to succeed in this, but you haven't seen that yet as far as your You've not gotten to where you want to get yet, right? Correct. But you're willing to bear the discomfort of that. Why is that? What do you think has changed to allow you to take this big leap into a new career path? I think new career and this podcast, both. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to speak right directly to the listeners. You have no idea how vulnerable it feels to just like record your voice on a microphone and then pump it out into the universe. <laughs> exactly. Right? Like, for sure. So what? And now... If you are not asking for failure... I don't know what I is. know. Hey, I, you all listen to us and see if you can figure out any criticism for us. I know. Right? I totally. like, literally, I brace yeah. myself. I mean, now we're, totally. we have this YouTube channel and we're posting videos. And right. I just am waiting for the trolls, as we said, sort of <laughs> lurking to tell us how. And so I think what's changed is some level of self-confidence. And just kind of a willingness to accept that it's way more fun to try and fail than to not try at all. I mean, it sounds almost like, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a quote I've no, heard I, somewhere. It, I think that is a quote you've heard somewhere, probably in many, many of the quotes about failure. It's interesting because you have said your perception or response or approach to failure is about your self-confidence. And for me, it's self-awareness. Like my view of failure has changed because of my own self-awareness, my growth in that. Because I've failed like fabulously and spectacularly. I have had a gloriously failed marriage that was something that I think most of the community knew about. I have lost an enormous case, like an enormous case. I can go really fabulous failures that I've had. Like big public. Big public failures. You know, I once got up to speak and people tell me all the time I'm a very good public speaker. And I think it's just because I speak from my heart. I don't think I'm a good public speaker, but I think I found a way to talk from my heart. And I think people are willing to listen to that, however, you know, kind of incompetent I am, right? But there was one time when I was making a presentation 
in front of all of my peers. And I got, in, I had like an anxiety attack. And it was miserable. Oh my God, like a massively like public. A massive public anxiety attack. And it was super embarrassing and shaming. But I've had these big failures. And so now there's some things that I have not learned anything from, like losing that big case. I lost that case because the judge didn't agree with me. The six other lawyers I talked to about the case agreed with me, but the only person who had to agree with me was the judge and he didn't. So I learned from that, you know, sometimes you can't control everything. That right. was my quote unquote learning, which I kind of knew that before, right? Thank you for that lesson again. But my own experience with failure, which is seems far deeper and broader and deeper than yours is. I'm going to say it again, surface. I point to myself. <laughs> Deep, a deep broad. Uh, we're pointing so at you. Funny. Yeah. So, okay. Your depth of experience with failure mm-hmm. and your changing perspective about that failure yeah. is the function of your growth and self-awareness. Growth and, and I don't understand that. So as I become more aware of myself and what is important and what is not important, like the things that you talked about, worrying about the things you said every day, I don't have that anymore. I never worry about what I said during the day. My view is if I mess something up, I do my best. And if I mess something up and I said something the wrong way, I'm either going to go find you and apologize or you're going to come to me and tell me it's a problem. And I'm going to tell you, I'm sorry I said that or, yeah, I said that and I'm going to own it. Right. So why do you characterize that as self-awareness? It's just being aware of what... My own feelings, my own values, what I can control, and what I'm aware of. So it's that kind of equation, right? That's what I call my self-awareness. What can I control? What are my values? What do I care about? Where do I want to spend my resources, mostly my time? Right. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think it's a willingness to try something that I'm not going to automatically be good at. Or a willingness to put myself out there in a different way and be okay with failure because because I have an internal self-confidence yep, now that, that you can bear it. Yeah. And so maybe they're the same things. We're just calling I was them the same thing. I think it they are very similar. I will say though, you know, I played a lot of sports growing up, and every time you get into a race, somebody loses. Yeah. Right? Yes. And the same thing is true with court. And legal matters. I mean, now I do a lot of business work where there hopefully are two winners, but I've been in a lot of situations where there's a loser. So I've had a lot of experience with not getting the result you want. Yeah. And so you've had to build that kind of resiliency, which is one of the products of failure Mm -hmm. is some building resiliency. Some level. Let's talk about why failure is like why it feels so crummy. Why do we feel so bad when we fail? Well, I think I said a couple of things when I was talking about my failures, which is sometimes you feel shame. You feel vulnerable. You can be mad. You can be disappointed. You can be shocked. I think the worst failures are the ones that you're shocked about. Oh, yeah. Right? They come out of nowhere. Yep. They're unpredictable. Mm-hmm. More traumatic. I have to just clarify. I went through a growth period in my life, oh, thank God, where I recognized that it was way more fun to try than not. Obviously. Yeah. And Obviously. I, yeah. And I'm still, and now I'm much, much, much more comfortable with failure. But I would say the ones that make give me great discomfort are when I should have known better. Oh, you're hardest on yourself. Oh, I'm hardest yeah, on myself. Me too. The missed deadline, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. the meeting. Mm-hmm. You know that feeling when you look at your calendar and you realize I just stood someone up 
Somebody is sitting in a coffee shop yes. right now. Yes. They think we're meeting yes. and I'm not there. Yes. Yeah. Those kinds of things kill me. Yes. At me too. Me too. So anyway, okay. Then we have these feelings, right? We fail. We have these feelings. So the question is, and I just want to call out something here before we move on to like the do's and don'ts and the how to's of failure. Women are punished more severely for failure than men. You know, I'm data girl. So I went out looking for data around women and failure and the workplace. Yes. And I found so much data that supports the reality that women are punished more and face greater consequences for their failure than men. In fact, I found so much stuff, I didn't even pick any of it up. It's like gravity, man. It's like going back to Newton and saying, what? How do you prove gravity again? (laughs) No, it really is. It's a big thing. It's a big problem. So in prepping for the show, Mm -hmm. you're looking at failure. And what you see time and time and time and time again. Is women are judged more harshly. Are studies that women are judged more harshly. Who is judging them? They're judging themselves. Society, other women, men. Yes. Yes. We do it to each other. Men do it. It's interesting. You know, there was a study about surgeon, female surgeons versus male surgeon and their failures and how it affected their referral rates. Women were affected more. There are studies about CEOs and specific kinds of failures, comparing those between men and women and CEOs. Female CEOs were more likely to lose their jobs because of it. It's just a fact. So let's just put that in the mix. And of course, as we always say, we talk about gender. And we also have to acknowledge there's race, there's cultural differences, there's disability, there's all of those other things. You know, we're just talking about women, but it compounds, right? Yes, women of color are going to experience this in a significantly Mm -hmm. greater, larger degree than women who are white skinned. Right. And this is what I just, I just wanted to call this out in the middle of this conversation about failure because it is different. And I don't think we should lose sight of that. No. And that's, I think one of the biggest issues, not only is there gender bias and that we're all judging each other and ourselves for failure. In some situations, the stakes are really high. Yeah, really So, high. you know, it all sounds well and good, like, oh, get comfortable with it. Or now I feel better about myself. So I'm willing to try, but I'm talking about Learning a new sport or, you know, right. saying yes to something that's and challenging. And I'm talking about losing a job or losing a big case where there's a lot of money at constantly, yes. you know, or, and I think about people who make a mistake when they're driving and somebody gets hurt. There's just a lot of really big mistakes out there where you can really either hurt somebody or get in trouble, whatever. Right. So it could change the trajectory of your Your life. life. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, you know, on some level, it all sounds, you know, like totally manageable and fine. Look, hey, I got got comfortable with myself and now I can go out and try and fail. I had some self-awareness and I can go fail. Yeah. It's not that easy It's not always that easy sometimes. You know, and in fact, when we were doing a little bit of prep for the show, we did see a couple of different levels of failure, right? You know, more tactical. I should have known better crap, I forgot that meeting or, mm-hmm. you know, yada, yada, all the way down to these major ones that, like I said, will change the trajectory of your life. And regardless of what kind of failure you experience, you kind of have some choices in front of you. Yes. You know, what are you going to do about it? So we take these feelings, what are we going to do about it? Well, I want to put this in context. I read this amazing quote by this guy, Dennis Watley, and I think it really... 
at least for me, speaks to failure. So I'm going to read it. Okay. Dennis Watley, one in. Dennis Watley, one in. She's got to get her notebook out. I'm going to get my can, notebook out. You can so hear that, that paper, that paper going. Because you know, I mean, I say, sometimes I just say shit, right? And this is real. I, this is actually, I'm reading it from this. Is, I'm not just making these it These aren't up. made up statistics. Mm-hmm. No made up stuff. <laughs> failure should be our teacher, not our undertaker. Failure is delay, not defeat. It is a temporary detour and not a dead end. Failure is something we can avoid by saying nothing, doing nothing, and being nothing. Okay. Yeah. So now that that is our context, what is the alternative to failure? It is nothing, nothing, and nothing. Right. Doing nothing, saying nothing. So if you're engaged in anything, failure is part of it. Right. And we hope that it's not big. And we hope that it's not big. And yet... Sometimes it is. Well, sometimes it is. And I don't know if we just glossed over the gender bias situation there. Well, I just wanted to call it out, Karina. I'm not suggesting that we do something about uh, Yes, I am suggesting we do something about it. I'm not suggesting that we tackle that today. Because that, I think, is a show in itself. And That's, in fact, on our uh, very first YouTube video ever, you referenced a book that you're reading yes, that I think that's going to be a really great springboard for this conversation mm-hmm. in the future. Yep. So tune in for that. Yes. From Sabotage to Support by Joy Wiggins and Cami Anderson, I believe. Great, yeah. Great book. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things, regardless of whether how large or how small, you know, what we're saying in that quote or what Dennis Watley was saying in that quote is it's going to happen. Yep. It's going to happen. It's not the end of the world. No failure is hopefully, hopefully the end of your world. And, one and here's the deal, really. This is what I mean by self-awareness and perspective. Is this really the end of your world or does it just feel like that? Right. And that's part of figuring out what your response is. As you say, I think you said this, failure is a really powerful tool. And I said, yeah, it's like a chainsaw. Yeah. And when you fail, it's on. It is just on. And the question is, what do you do with it? Because something is going to happen with that tool, right? Absolutely. But what I want to make sure to say is women are going to fail Mm -hmm. and we are going to be judged more harshly for it. But that doesn't mean that we don't do all the stuff we need to do. Correct. And what may feel almost, you know, like a light touch or a surface level suggestion here, I want to just make sure that we start to give each other a freaking break every once oh, yeah. in a while. Let's have some grace out there. You know? And that's kind of... And when I, I say this to myself, too. Yeah. I bring. we started this. Nobody likes anybody who's perfect. No. Yuck. Who wants that? No. And in Nobody fact... wants that. People love... They love it when to see... When it's easy to relate to people who mess up. But I want to be aware, and I am from here on out going to be aware of my internal dialogue when I see women fail. Mm-hmm. Because that's bullshit. Well, your internal dialogue and your response. Yes. Because that is so important. We're going to talk about do's and don'ts. Okay. Yeah. Let's... And maybe this is a great time to segue into that. Yeah, I think so. And for me, one of the do's is recognize that there's a gender bias around failure and give women some grace, myself included, but give other women some grace. That's mm-hmm. one of my do's. Mm-hmm. I just made, I added that to the list. Yeah, I think it's a great add to the list because one of the big do's around failure is one, accepting responsibility, right? That's a big one. Like yep. not blaming others, figuring out, you know, this is, Yeah. But it is to go and try and troubleshoot or brainstorm a solution with other people. Yeah. And so if you have people who don't blame and are solution oriented, so 
everybody, we have a role in helping everybody else through their failures. Right? right. That's, I think, the point. So when somebody comes to you and says, I just made a mistake, how can we fix this? The answer is, yeah, how can we fix this? Yeah, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. How can I help you fix this? Let's talk about this. Let's figure out a solution. Right. Because the nice thing, too, about other people is I find that when I've made a mistake, like sometimes my brain is in fight or flight. Like, you know, I'm just yes. like, oh, my gosh, right? I'm in fight or flight and I'm not thinking very clearly. Yeah. And going to other people gives you the chance to talk to somebody whose brain's not all screwed up, activated. right? All I activated. get, I actually get like that, my face flushes and I get yeah. that tingly hot head thing happening. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, I tried to I avoid that. I get the sick stomach. Oh, you get upset stomach, I get the, yeah. No, just like the sinking, I'm on a roller coaster. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Right? But you know, when I fail, I tend to treat myself like a sick person. Well, I think that's another one of the do's. Yeah, at least for, I mean, I think it's something to consider for yourself. And I have suggested this to other people and they have found it helpful. But sometimes it's like, just sit down and have a cup of tea, take a hot bath, get a good night's sleep, go for a walk outside, call a friend. It's like, treat yourself like you are sick or injured. And then that also gives you some time for your brain to recover. Well, and I think it also gives you some time to get some perspective, Yeah, which is one of my things. When I fail and I have to deal with it, my response is to want to instantly fix it, mm-hmm. which sometimes makes it worse. Yeah. You know, I think acknowledging failure immediately is fine, but moving into problem solving mode immediately when you're totally activated in right. fight or flight, it's not good. I also find that I tend to self-flagellate. Oh, like, sure. You know, like that's my immediate response. Okay. So like you said, somebody is waiting for you and didn't show up. My response is just to like fall all over myself, right? Like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I'm late. Blah, blah, blah. And I create all this drama around my own feeling of disappointment in myself. And as I get more self-awareness, now I tend, as everybody knows, I am late. Everybody knows this is my thing. I'm late. I really try hard. I'm never late to court clients if you're listening, but I do, I am late. And I now have this thing where I show up and I say, thanks so much for waiting on me. Lunch is on me. Coffee is on me. That is my way of doing penance and acknowledging that somebody suffered because of my act without making them the receptor of all of my feelings. Well, and I think, again, this is a really good point that when you fail, when you screw up, when you mess up, Mm -hmm. when you do something, you know, you wished you hadn't, and then you go kind of admit it to the world and you're asking for more attention on you and you're the one who screwed up. Right. Let's put the attention. No, I'm putting the, we need to learn it. Put the attention on the people that you I don't know, wronged, maybe that's too harsh of a word, but you you walk into a meeting, that example, I'm late, or I completely screwed up and didn't do this thing, or this thing you were counting on, I failed to deliver. How do you make amends? Don't turn it about, don't turn it into something about yourself. No, you may figure out how to remedy the wrong that you've created if possible. Right. And honor the feelings of the other person and shut up about yourself. Right. But not to say saying sorry is you shouldn't do that. It's just this, I at least I'm talking about myself and I just fall all over myself. It was like this poor person had to suffer through my apology, which was just, they were probably thinking, God, I wish she hadn't showed up. Right. Because now I got (laughs) to suffer through this shit. Right. (laughs) Anyway, okay. 
that's my other thing there. Just sometimes when there's like, I just have learned this recently, sometimes for the little mistake, just thanking somebody for their indulgence. Mm. Thank you for waiting for me. Mm -hmm. Thank you for catching that air in my letter. Mm -hmm. You know, just really being appreciative of somebody's grace. Yeah. One of the things I'm just moving on, just keeping the list rolling here. So I hope you don't feel disregarded I don't right feel there. Disregarded. Okay. The um, I feel on task. Do you? I do. I feel on task. I like know. We are going after. You love Chris a good Como agenda. Say, you know, I do love a good agenda. Love a schedule. I wish I could love what I was about to say and I can't remember it. Uh, hang oh on God, just a second. I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. Oh, this is it. One of the things I also like to do is to try to find patterns. In fact, oh, as yes. a um, leader. People would come to me with the things they wanted me to fix or the complaints, right? That in some ways were a failure of so others or something. So this is the something. analysis part. Yeah, this is the analysis part. I don't frequently act on first impulse. I try to find a pattern and deal with the system, deal with mm -hmm. the issue systemically. Mm -hmm. So if this is you and you're like constantly late or yep. constantly missing deadlines or constantly, you know, getting fired from your job. Let's look at the reasons why this is happening and not just focus on the symptom. Let's look at the larger issue. The evaluation of the failure is so important after you've had a cup of tea and a hot bath, right? Yeah. I have a physician, one of my doctors, who's always late to every single appointment. But I know that the reason he's late is because he just spent all this time with this patient figuring out an issue because he did that for me the last time I was there. So in those situations, there's no failure. Right. It's, not, it's just the way it is. Right? right. And so by evaluating that and seeing why is he always late, there's a higher priority here than being on time. Yes. And I think that's also kind of to bring it up to that larger picture, gain perspective. Gain perspective. Is it really a failure? Is this if really it is, a failure? look at it. Okay. Yeah. So we've got some things that you do when you fail. Incidentally, normally on our shows, I don't know if folks have figured out our pattern yet, but one of the, we like to do some research in advance of talking about this. As yeah. much as I am pretty good, just like making stuff up. <laughs> a little, a we call that, Krina, <laughs> experience and perspective, not making stuff up. Ex extemporaneous thinking and speaking. Back to the list of do's and don'ts when you fail. So we've gone through the do's. I'm totally lost about what I was going to say. That's okay. Okay, let's move on. I'll it'll come back to it'll me. It'll come back to you. So I think we've gone through. Oh, uh, this is it. We did our research. And <laughs> <laughs> is this episode a miserable failure? No, I love this episode. I love to talk about failure. I just think it is. It is one of the richest places in our lives if we can stomach it, if we can bear the if pain. If we can bear it. If we I, can bear the pain. I just feel like my participation is a bit of a failure today because I can't stay on no, topic. you're on it, sister. It's fine. Um, but this is what I was about to say, and that is that one of the things that you said to me when we just started taping this was, what's crazy is you went to do research oh, about yeah. failure, mm -hmm. and the majority of the things that you read were completely unhelpful. It was really fascinating. I listened to TED Talks. I looked at YouTube videos. I read, you know, I love the Harvard Business Review. And I found some interesting tidbits. But what I will say is, I do not think this experience, not idea, it's an experience of failure. I don't know that we do a good job as a society of really exploring it, digging in and figuring out how to manage it. Yeah. So that's, I wanted to say to our listeners, that's why kind of the what to do about it portion of our conversation is a little bit shallow because frankly, it's really a personal thing. We are really talking about our personal experience because we could not find a lot that would really be helpful yeah, to there's you. The, that, yeah, the roadmap doesn't exist no. necessarily. It's more psychological. And that's why this do's and don'ts is it's quick. 
Yeah, it's quick. So we have the dues, and I think I'm just going to reiterate those to be clear that we actually covered these dues, okay? Yeah. The first dues, accept responsibility. Yes, absolutely. Okay? Brainstorm solutions. Don't get stuck, right? I mean, I guess the do is move on. Yes. Do move on. Yes. Do move on. Okay. And then be clear about getting feedback and being accountable. And that may be making amends after, you know, your brain gets back under control. Yes. Right? And you can really think clearly. Yes. So some of the don'ts. Let's talk about some of the don'ts, obviously. And this is where I saw on these lists, there were some commonalities of how to deal with failure. And it was about taking responsibility and it was about not blaming others. Right. Yep. Which is human nature. Right. I want it to be someone else's fault. Who doesn't? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Any others? Yes. Don't have so much judgment. Uh-huh. Like, don't judge yourself. Or others. Or others. We talked about that earlier. Don't judge yourself or others. Not all failure is bad. I found in my little research, potato chips, post-its, pacemakers, penicillin, and silly putty. Do you love the piece there? I, you, you know, love I love alliteration. I love it. Are all, quote unquote, failures. They're things that were supposed to be for something else and weren't. So not all failures really are, right? Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. Any last words? Don't think that you will not fail. So here's my last words. Yeah, I do have the last words about failure, which is that it is a certainty. This is the bad and the good news is that you have a decision to make when you fail. You can use this powerful tool. You can use the experience to either improve your life or not. And that is like the sad, hard news, right? It's like, it's one of those things that says, oh, you'll be smarter, you'll be wiser, you'll be whatever from this experience. And except for those that really break you, and I acknowledge they're out there, I've seen people suffer those failures that break them, but you know, getting through them and figuring them out builds your resiliency, it builds your spirit, it builds your ability to have more ease and peace and even joy, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So don't let the fear of failure stop you from trying. I think is what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Thank you. This was a beautiful show. It, you feeling good about it? I do feel good. I just want to say for folks out there who fail, I'm with you. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Good. Thanks for trying. Thanks for trying. And thanks for going to work. Yeah. That right. sounded sort of condescending. Thanks for trying. But anyway, we really mean it. No. Thanks for trying. Thanks for trying. We mean it. Okay. Get to work. Bye. Krina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Krina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. <laughs>